Hey friends, Tom Johnson here again with episode 18 of the Way of the Master podcast. And today's episode is entitled Living in an Age of Unreality. You know, a long time ago, someone said to me that they thought that I was a missionary to the church. And uh, I really had to think that through. And, you know, I asked them some questions and uh, they related to me about how it seemed that most of what the Lord had me focusing on in training and developing leaders and helping churches and starting new churches was that while it was, of course, impacting people who weren't yet in the church, that most of my focus that the Lord had tasked me with was in seeking to revitalize the church so that it could engage in the kingdom life and the kingdom mission of Jesus. And uh, I, I see that as really having been true and con continues to be true and, and, and really was a lot of the fuel behind me pressing into the Jesus way uh, and understanding Jesus as a rabbi and what that meant to live a life uh, following the master, uh, following Jesus as our rabbi, as our king. And as, as I've had this calling to the church, I've had uh, a continued burden for the past 30 years for the church to become that which God had really envisioned it to be. And I've always been enamored with the New Testament. And Mike Perkinson and I said in our first book, A New Testament Trilogy, how that we were, by God's grace, in the, in the process of rediscovering the truth of the New Testament Scripture, not that anything about the New Testament was untrue or we ever thought that, but the depth of reality of what it meant to be a kingdom community that's embodied in the New Testament writings, starting with the Gospels and through Acts and, and the Epistles, that we see a picture of what the church is meant to be. And so I've always had a burden for the body to become uh, what God had has intended it to be. And I have that as a general sense, but I also have it as a local sense for individual churches, uh, local communities of the kingdom, where I see people trying to walk the Jesus way, trying to figure out what it looks like to minister in, in this world. And uh, today I have an increasing burden for the church in our culture. And this kind of relates uh, in my heart back to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. And apart from these other things, there is daily the pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. And, you know, that word anxiety there, you know, very often we, we want to say, oh, yeah, I don't have any anxiety. But I got to tell you, I do have some anxiety for the churches. I feel a great concern about a negative outcome for many of the churches in our day. And we, we live and minister in a very difficult era. Um, in, in our culture's history, it's probably the most challenging that we've faced. And so today we, we live in this time where everything is upside down. And so I know pastors are trying their best. Uh, part of my function, I think, is to help pastors and, and leaders in the body of Christ kind of get a picture on what God is trying to do and, and help them align to it. And it's very difficult today because today we live in an age of unreality. In fact, everything around us, you know, is a questionable reality. Uh, a long time ago, I used to say that, that we move from what is truth to what is real. Uh, the, the question back in maybe the 60s and 70s and 80s was what's, what's really the truth? 
and and we left that question a long time ago. You know, um, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus that question. That's that question when they get into a metaphysical discussion. Uh, as Christ stands before Pilate, Pilate realizes, hey, this is a spiritual discussion. It's not political. So he says, what is truth? But you know what? That's not the question anymore. The question today, because we've lost that overarching understanding that there is such a thing as truth, now it's like, what is real? I mean, what's real? Well, how do you know what's real out there? Uh, in social media, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, and TikTok and all these other things, people present an image of themselves that is may, maybe not real. Uh, they have literally quite deceptive things up on their social media pages. Uh, we have people who are, you know, married that act like they're not and who are not married who act like they are. People who, who you know, Photoshop their pictures to give them a better look that they don't really have. People who use filters on their photographs to make them look a little sharper than they really are. And there's probably nothing wrong with that, but we're just kind of obsessed with presenting an image of ourselves that's not real. You know, we have deep fake video today. They can take anybody and kind of motion capture and map their features and their their voice onto things. You know, in, in a lot of movies now, they're able to do that. They're able to bring actually deceased actors back where they're able to de-age actors and so, again, you know, that's an okay thing, but it just is really interesting where, where we're able to change our take on reality. And a lot, of, a lot right now in our culture, we have an alternative narrative uh, that is in the media. Uh, people are, are literally uh, using words in certain ways as to portray certain things uh, that aren't necessarily true or are their perspective alone. And there's a rewriting of history that's going on, and all of it's very Orwellian, <laughs> reminiscent of 1984, you know, the book that that uh, George Orwell wrote, I think it was in 1946, 47, where he talked about what would happen uh, to the government and to the media and the future and how they would rewrite the reality that we lived in. And so we live in this time of a questionable reality and unreality, and we've got we've to learn how to minister to it. So I think there's a couple of things that we as the church can do uh, in response to this questionable reality we live in. And, and I would say it this way. The first is radical authenticity. We need to be truly authentic in our faith and our life. We need to let go of anything that's of the culture, uh, both individually and as churches, church leadership, and really just live the Jesus way. So I think that's the first thing. Secondly, and I'm going to unpack these two. So second thing is we need to be unashamedly Christian. You know, Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God and the salvation for all who believe. We got to stop pulling our punches as Christians. Not that we're trying to get in people's faces or, you know, we're trying to do anything negative, but we got to, we got to stop compromising and start really living out loud for Jesus. And then, you know, I think the third response is we need to be actively loving, that we've got to demonstrate what the kingdom of God looks like through the love that we have for one another and the people uh, that are around us that don't know Jesus, and the love that we have for them. Because I think through these three things, radical authenticity, unashamedly Christian, and actively loving people, we can be real 
in the midst of unreality. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to live in this kind of stuff. It's challenging. And even at times, it's a trial of our faith. So, you know, the Apostle Peter in his uh, first letter, so 1 Peter 1, um, uh, um, starting verse 3, says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. So the living hope we have, that's what we rejoice in. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what I see here, he's saying, is that we are going to face trials and tests in life that prove the genuineness of our faith. And so I think right now, what's going on around us is testing us to see if we really have a radical authenticity to our faith. And if we are truly unashamedly Christian, or if we're kind of going into stealth mode and hiding. And also, you know, are we actively loving because we've been, we've been born again to this living hope? So are we sharing that living love with other people? And so for us to, to respond this way in the midst of trial and have our faith proven as genuine, that who we are is real. The only way for us to do this is to truly embrace the Jesus way of the kingdom life. And I think, again, it comes back to the simplicity of the Jesus way. And we, we really need to hold fast to the biblical way of Jesus that he's laid out for us, not as kind of a set of rules and regs, but an entire way of life of living in the kingdom and seeing a culture of the kingdom develop around us and through us. In fact, I think the church as a whole needs a cultural divorce from its adulterous affair with the world. I think very often we find ourselves in bed with the world trying to look like the culture, trying to be relevant to the culture. Not that we're at war with the culture, but we are the war, the world is at war with us. But we are the bride of Christ. And we need to reject the self-focused, self-absorbed culture around us. In fact, as I've shared in a number of different venues recently, our, our own desire for wholeness, even in Christ, is the wrong thing to desire. The only thing we can desire is Jesus. And so we can't even focus on ourselves in the relationship with the Lord. We have to focus on him and others, loving God and loving others. And, and he'll take care of our needs as we go. But we need a cultural divorce. We need to end our affair with the world and be the bride of Christ. We need to, you know, embrace and build an authentic Jesus culture and have that Jesus culture as a cultural counter, uh, countercultural alternative, a solid alternative to the unreality around us. We aren't supposed to adapt to culture. We're supposed to transform culture. We're supposed to change culture. My good friend, Dr. Jim Scott, who is 
uh, president of a global missions agency for quite a while, said that culture, any culture, no matter where it is in the world, ultimately has to bow its knee to Jesus. So there's elements of our culture that are just not of God and need to bow their knee. There's other stuff that's fine, but there's a lot of it has the carrier wave of the spirit of this age, and it needs to bow its knee to Jesus. Now, while some people, uh, you know, uh, embrace this unreality, other people who are in the world, they're not even in the church, they, they see the, the fake for what it is. And, you know, honestly, there's a lot of people in the church who are so caught up in it, even though they consider themselves Christian, they can't see that it's just a facade, that it's just fake, that it's not the real thing. So, and, and not everyone who calls himself a Christian will hold to this view that we need a cultural divorce. Um, the Apostle Paul, uh, in his first letter to the Corinthians, said this in chapter 11, verse 19, For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. So, there's going to be a lot of disagreement in the body, even in the body of Christ over this. And again, I'm not talking about rejecting people. I'm not talking about totally throwing all of culture under the bus, but we have to reject the elements of culture. They're antithetical to the kingdom, and we have to build a kingdom culture in our lives, and, and that's going to take some work. And so we have to have a response to the situation that we find ourselves in. We have to respond to the unreality, and, and that response has two parts. There's a personal response, and then there's a leadership response. The personal response is we have to do an evaluation of ourselves. Where are we inappropriately connected to the culture? Where are we trying to fit in? Or where have we just found ourselves in love with the things of this world that are, that are, that are uh, uh, keeping us from proceeding in the things of God? Where, what are those things that are keeping us from moving forward in the kingdom, in our relationship with Jesus, in ministry impact and giving ourselves to the work of the ministry, uh, how we use our funds, how we use our time, how we use our skills. What are those things that we've aligned ourselves with that are not of the kingdom? And are we really ready to embrace at a personal level living in a Jesus culture? The second thing is, is there has to be a leadership response to this unreality. And it's the same kind of evaluation, but kind of more at a church level. As a church, where are we inappropriately connected to the culture? Where are we trying to look like the world in order to win the world? Where are we trying to fit in? Where are we trying to create, quote unquote, relevance? Because honestly, the, the, the gospel message isn't relevant to culture. It's, it's kind of antithetical. It's the opposite of many elements in our culture. You know, Jesus says the way you live is to die, the way you you, you gain is to give yourself. Uh, the way the way you you love is is to abase yourself. The way you you lead is to serve. None of that makes sense in the world's mind. And so, where are we kind of operating out of a cultural mandate where we have agreed with the world? You know, the gospel is not relevant to culture, but it is relevant to human need. Obviously, it meets people where they're at, everybody, in every culture. So it, it transcends culture. So we can't bind it to culture. So where's our church being bound up to culture? How are we going to be able to be a change agent in culture when we look like the culture? 
we have to look different. There has to be this radical authenticity. We have to be unashamedly Christian. And we have to be actively loving people in ways that can be seen. You know, in, in John 13, Jesus said that they'll know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. And when they see that, they ask questions. And then we're able to engage in loving relationships with those people as well. So that's our question right now, personally and as a leadership for our churches. Where are we inappropriately connected to the culture? And wherever those things are, we got to start to cut the ties. We've got to get disentangled. We've got to repent. And we got to move away and stop trying to be like the culture and try to be like Jesus and live out what that looks like in our culture. So again, not everything about culture is bad, but there's a great deal of elements that are, that are in opposition to the kingdom. And so today, my encouragement for you, wherever you're at in the journey, is to figure out how to get free from the cultural elements that are influencing you negatively and live in the solid reality of Jesus. And that in that solid reality of Jesus, that you might become and we might become as churches, that stable environment in an unstable world, the reality of God expressed in the unreality of a posturing, self-absorbed society. So take it to prayer. Think about it. Reflect on it. Ask the Holy Spirit where you're connected to culture and where you need to cut those ties. So God bless. Have a great week.